Comments made on the Ceratalk Podcast Network are those of the individuals and do not represent Ceratech Corporation, its staff, management, board of directors, or third-party resellers. It's time for High Contrast, the show where we talk about everything for those who are trapped between sight lines. I am Rodney Edgar of Tech Access Weekly, and... This is episode 21 of High Contrast. We are officially legal and allowed to, hmm, seeing as how we've had a long pre-show, maybe we'll graduate to the old folks' home before this is over. Anyway, (laughs) we are joined by Byron Lee of ByronLee.com, at Byron27 on Twitter, and what is it, LowVisionRants.com? You got it. I'm getting good at this. We are also joined by Joe, the $1 man, Steincap, who is going to join us. Depreciated. Well, that's what happens with inflation. We love you, You Marie. Oh, yes, we do. We wish you come back really soon. You know, today's economy. Yeah, well, you know. Maury actually had to bail out last minute, so I'm sitting in again. Don't. This is not a permanent thing. I promise. I promise. I, I have to say that after the April Fool's jokes, we have to warn everybody what the lineups are like. So yeah. this is a real show. This is not a joke. Yes, this is not April Fools. No, this actually is a real podcast. It does exist. It does exist. Yes, it is a real podcast. If you click your heels three times and wish really, really hard, don't finish that sentence. Just keep going. Yeah, we'll we'll just keep right on rolling here. Um, so last time we spoke, we had talked about the uh, Growing Up Fisher show. Is anyone actually still watching that? Or maybe I should phrase it this way. How has Serotalk and all the other podcasts had reactions to Growing Up Fisher? Anything? Oh, lots of talk from... Uh, middle of March onward, in fact, some people are still writing in about that or telling us their feelings about that. You can find some of the show notes on this at saratalk.com plus iReports. We'll actually have more in our feedback special around convention this summer because we got in so many iReports and comments about that show. Mostly positive, but a lot of people were familiar with the guy who was the genesis of the show and or kind of giving a background of why they felt like the show was based more on reality, even though it might be a little extrapolated for the television screen. But most people were fairly positive to comments that were made in March on Talk. I'm not sure how that went so much with Triple Click. Uh, I know Alina has been talking about it on Twitter a couple of times, and she's asked other people how things have been going with that particular show I, myself personally, just been too busy. I haven't had time to watch it. And again, like I said on Saratalk, I will wait and see if they renew the show because I watched a show last year called Go On with Matthew Perry that had a blind character in it that was not renewed. And so I have my own issues with NBC Comcast about, you know, shows with blind people in it or handicapped people. I think they're trying to corner the market. Rodney and I talked about this before. You had the Michael J. Fox show. And now you had Ironsides with a player Underwood. I think they're just out to get every you know person with a disability at some point on Comcast screens. And back in the day, they did try Daredevil at one point. It was a good try. Really? I don't even remember that. And I'm a TV nerd. Really? Wow. That's... Hmm. Huh. Yeah, it was, it I, I was can t- very I can tell short. you about Courtney Cox and the Misfits of Science, if you want. The dude that shot electricity. That was my favorite. Oh, yeah. And the... 
dude who went on to be Kirk's son in Star Trek II. So anyway, what do you think of growing up Fisher, Byron? Well, I think there have been some major faux pas on growing up Fisher. A lot of people have commented on the checking the guy dog scene and various other things. But I think that there, and by the way, spoiler alert, going plaid here. <laughs> there are a couple of scenes in Growing Up Fisher that I think do a good job of explaining real issues in blindness. One of those things being finger juice. That means that, you know, someone with a visual impairment will pour you a drink, stick their finger in the cup to feel when the liquid has reached the top of the glass and then hand it to you. And this kid kind of laments growing up with a blind dad. And having to drink finger juice throughout his childhood. And and I thought that was something that they got right. And that was kind of funny. And it was a true thing about blindness. Or you have the, uh, what was it, snoop and speak, I guess it was, where the wife is talking to him and she's going around the room looking for things. But every time she speaks to him, she goes back and puts her head at the same level so that it's like she never moved type of yep, thing. Yep, that was another good one. You know, but the show seems to have gotten a little bit better. Took about four episodes before they got rid of the cliche, okay, let's throw everything blindness fake in here as much as possible. And now it's kind of, okay, there's a couple things per episode that they do in particular, but the rest is sort of back to a normal comedy. Like they had one episode where the kid was worried that he was going to go blind as soon as he hit age 12, you know, and I kind of see someone having that problem if they had kids going through that and how they dealt with it. One of the episodes I watched, he was getting free coffee. Well, he was getting free coffee from a guy because the guy knew that he was blind and didn't have a job. He didn't realize that the guy was actually a lawyer, you know, and he was like, that's a thing, a blind lawyer, you know, and I've heard of people having reactions to things like that before. Really? They can do that? You know, so, I mean, some things seem to be good. How did your wife feel about a joke about blind lawyers, by the way? Uh, She will not stoop as low as to watch the show. (laughs) Oh, good to know. As she put it, she has better opportunities to watch WWE Raw than to watch Growing Up Fisher. Hey, she's got taste. I can can get behind that. Or Duck Dynasty. She'll watch that occasionally. You lost me there, but oh well. You know, there was actually a scene in Growing Up Fisher that I just thought of that is kind of a thing that every blind and visually impaired person can probably relate to. And that was when there was an episode where they were tracking the daughter, trying to figure out that they were following her around to see if she was going to go to a party. And so his phone is reading off the direction of where the daughter is going. And then at some point, the GPS on his phone says where his wife is going and she's sitting there in the car with him and she's like, wait, you're tracking me too. And I'm thinking, how many times has my phone had voiceover turned on and a really questionable tweet is blurted out in front of everybody. Has that happened to you guys where it's something you'd really rather not be public kind of gets spoken aloud? No, but I know my wife is waiting for the security fingerprint thing on phones because she doesn't feel that she can use a passcode because it's going to speak the passcode. <laughs> this is true. I oh actually, God, yeah. So you I can't. So you can't use. Had it. my last presentation at the University of Houston turned off voiceover so I could do that. So I didn't renounce the world. My code on my iPad. Yeah, she's right about that. I've done that. Yeah. That's actually one of those things that I hang out with a lot of totally blind people all day because I work at an organization called Horizons for the Blind. And I have voiceover on my phone quite a bit, but I will 
turn voiceover off to do something that you just can't do with voiceover turned on and then turn it back on. And somebody will go, well, wait, how did you, what did you do? How did you get it to play? And I'm like, oh, I looked. (laughs) And then I feel kind of guilty because, you know, they're like, oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) Cheater, cheater. I know. I feel like a cheater. I feel like I've been caught taking steroids or something. You know, like they're going to kick me out of the blind club because I looked. (laughs) I've been with other people, and I think that's why some people don't use Siri, right? Because they don't want to say something aloud to voice recognition and have that go all over the place. Yeah, I can understand that. Siri, remind me to complain to Joe that we haven't had a Doctor Who special in a couple of weeks. (laughs) I'm sorry, I can't do that right now. (laughs) Siri, remind me, a hurricane is coming through. Here's your reminder. Shall I create it? Yes. I've added it. (laughs) I don't know when I'm going to get that, but I probably will at some point. It'll be like a year from now. A hurricane is coming through. He sounds so happy about it, too. I mean, that's that's a horrible thing. Uh, and he does sound a little different pre-show. We were talking about wrestling and uh, Shane Hurricane Helms, and that was his all sign for anybody who's wanting to know why, why Byron just said that. I have a new iPad Air, and I'll talk about that in a little bit, but I've not had Siri, so I'm still trying to get used to doing that or controlling that or doing what I see on one of the Twitch shows. Like, what was it, telling Siri to shut down or shut down? She was like, I, I don't do that. And I was like, but wait, I saw it on a podcast. Why aren't you doing that? But the thing that I found very interesting is now I am part of the herd. So I'm updating my iOS device just like everybody else at the same time, but I'm not going on Twitter and actually saying that. I am worried about what you said as far as things being read aloud in texts. So I may not have gotten a tweet or something like that, but I'm really careful at putting my finger next to the proximity sensor in case I get a message that I'm reading back. So it didn't announce automatically, but I may get something of a controversial nature from a friend or family member. And, you know, it starts reading normal, but then has something else you didn't want to blurt around. So I'm quickly moving my hand, like waving it like the connect, you know, don't, no, stop, 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 no, no, stop, stop, stop. stop. (laughs) And I've learned on my Android phone to go with some of the lower voices. Like I use Ivona Amy because she's a little quieter. She doesn't project nearly as much as, Some of the other Google voices, like the default female voice, is just loud and obnoxious. But it is funny to hear somebody have something like Daniel, you know, Daniel, who is real speak solo, comes right out and projects. And yeah, that can be kind of hard to miss. That's why they use him at the uh, Arizona airports. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of people are using things like aftershocks to combat that problem. So, you know, you just wear these conductive headphones all the time. And when Siri or I guess voiceover or Android sort of competitor to that, when it comes through, it'll come through your conductive headphones. What I want, the next evolutionary step to that is a surgery that gives me a Bluetooth audio implant in my head so that I can hear what's on my phone and no one else can. That's what I want. 
Yeah, he wants Google Glass, but for audio in his head. Actually, we had an interesting conversation about that on Twitter because somebody said, well, you can have one of those, but it's going to mess up your real hearing. So I hope you're, you know, happy sacrificing what hearing you've got for, you know, a line in jack into your head. I'm like, oh no, I, I don't want that. <laughs> I want to keep my normal hearing. I just want it to like somehow send audio to the speech patterns of my brain and not mess with my actual eardrums. Yeah, Thank you. Like half the look from the matrix. But you have to make sure that it's not able to be ripped off of your head like people are having their Google Glass stolen and things in San Francisco right now. The only problem I've run into with like the Aftershocks blues is the fact that it's loud enough if you're listening to it that if you don't pay attention, the people around you can very clearly understand what you're talking about. Because mm-hmm. my wife can come in the house and she's downstairs, I'm upstairs, and I can pretty much understand what it's saying, you know, because mm-hmm. it's just yammering mm-hmm. away because she was in an open car or something. Well, not good. You know, the other problem with having an implant in your head that feeds audio is how long before commercial companies will start being able to pump audio ads into your brain without no way for you to turn it off or take it off or anything like that? Uh, eye beacons. You'll be able to know that really soon. It'll be like Minority Report really, really soon. And you'll be able to tilt your mm-hmm. head to the left and purchase whatever they just mentioned. But anyway. Oh, God. <laughs> but, Joe, you mentioned in one of the Sarah Talk podcasts or such a while back that maybe we were a little too easy-handed on iOS 7. Could that be true? Yeah, I moved up in the world and I'm now using an iPad Air. And, uh, man, is that thing light. I'm extremely thrilled about the iPad Air because I skipped iPad 2, 3, 4, the collector's edition that uh, Rodney has, and went to the Air because of two reasons. One, I don't want that fingerprint thing that your wife wants. And two, I actually like the speakers being on the side of the unit as opposed to pointing down at the ground. Okay. So you like those aspects Mm -hmm. of the Air. Yep. Retina didn't mean that much to me. Having a later version of iOS certainly opens up a lot of doors like, oh, I don't know, app compatibility because everybody would recommend these apps I should get and I couldn't use them because I was on iOS 5.1, which uh, surprisingly enough doesn't have the latest or hottest or coolest apps. Which I'm actually running into with the iPad 3 because it's running iOS 6 and everything is being forced to update to 7 Mm -hmm. and then you try and download something new and it says, I'm sorry, you need iOS 7. Would you like to click this button to install the update? No. (laughs) I've Um, heard horrible things. I know people who have iPhone 4s with iOS 7 on them. They don't run well or fast. No worky worky so good. (laughs) No. Now, I did hear that 7.1 did speed up the speed of iPhone 4s and 4Ss a little bit. And yeah, some and people I heard uh, 7.1.1 also did a little bit to help out in that area, too. And you can go in and take off things like location services and Bluetooth and do what you can to make that a little better. Definitely cut down a lot of your notifications that might be running in the background and, you know, telling things to stop pushing at you. You know, don't push at me. Don't talk to me. That might make things a little better, but... You know, once again, your horsepower is only good as your horsepower. And, you know, to be on the bottom end of that curve is so rough, you know, to be in the last days of support for iOS devices because you just feel it uh, either in the app store or in the sluggishness. And then you pick up somebody else's device and you go, good night. Like the first time I used the iPad Air, I was like, wow, this is like fast. And I forgot what all of this was like, but 
what I will say is, yes, on Twitter, I did not completely understand the gravity of what you all had said when we had talked about iOS 7 earlier in the year until I unfortunately saw it with my one good eye and went, ew, this is not good, and it is bright. And I did have the original 7 before I moved to 7.1. Let's talk about some of these things that are quote-unquote new for low-vision users in 7.1. Let's start off, I don't know, button shapes. Not much of a help for me. How do you guys feel about button shapes in 7.1? They do help a little bit more. There's at least a significant indicator that you are touching a part of a button and you don't have the intense all white background with the arrow pointing to the left or to the right saying, you know, this is the back button and you have to hope that there's actually one up there. You know, I can see it a little bit better than before. Still not as good as iOS 6 though in terms of real buttons. Well, it sort of gives you a little gray outline around it. You know, but it's still blue text mm-hmm. on this gray background. I was going to so say, yeah. It's like going back to the old, what were those things that used to print out pages in elementary school that were like the white paper? The with ditto purple. sheets? Yeah, that kind of thing. Oh, mimeographs. Or, yeah. oh mimeographs, that's what it was. Oh, geez. And you would just spin that around and smell the ink from the other half of the school. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. The, the smell was worth it. And it would be purple or blue lines. And you, for a low vision person, F I know from T, me. G or a Q. <laughs> when did tough get so hard to read? Tough is tough. Or if you're in first grade and they're trying to teach you about coloring inside of the lines and things, and they're like, I'm sorry, his vision is just so bad that he's never going to be able to color worth anything because he can't color inside the lines. Then they give you a white sheet of paper with black lines on it, and you color inside the lines. Hey! (laughs) So wait a minute, you're telling me that I could drive right now if they just make the lines on the road bolder? Wait, 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 wait. they have that. Remember in the Netherlands, they just started the -the glow-in-the-dark roads. Oh. That would be so enduro from the 80s. (laughs) Yes, it would be, yes. Or turbo, yeah, but enduro or turbo, Sega and Activision, respectively, yes, very much so. Okay, so button shapes, yeah, okay. It's good to know that there's a back button there. It does make the back button a little bit more obvious for you. So, yeah, it does kind of help in that respect. It helps a little bit, yeah. Reducing the brightness scale. Okay, that's one of the features. That just made me go, wow, these fonts are even harder to see darker than they were brighter. I had no idea Mm -hmm. that would help. And I actually will tell Siri sometimes to raise our lower brightness. Is that, I'm trying to remember which one that is because I haven't really touched these settings since I got it updated. Is that the one where it changes a lot of your whites to gray? Or mm-hmm. is that a it, different it plays setting? with the brightness scale and, and tries to give you a darker point of entry for what is white and what is blue, what is gray, what is all messed up because iOS 7 is blue, gray, and white. For me, it makes it a little bit more obvious as far as the containers on a page. Like if I'm looking at the accessibility options, I can tell, okay, here's a section of five options and then there's a gray header line and then there's five more options. So it does Mm -hmm. make it that more obvious. In text, but in anything else, it's a, oh, it's horrible. It is like with Safari or looking at pictures or if you were a low vision gamer, you sure as heck don't want to use it. I'll give you a good example of where this gray reduced brightness thing makes things actually kind of harder. Okay. I'm looking at the settings screen right now. Uh huh. 
and airplane mode has a little toggle switch, which is obviously off. It's the same color as the background. Mm-hmm. The little button that is the toggle switch is incredibly hard to see, and I can't see it until I flick it on, and now it's that neon bright green. Yeah. <laughs> this is bad. Yeah. Yeah, those kind of things, it would have been great if that adjustment would actually make the outline of buttons more visible. One mm-hmm. thing that I've noticed with those toggles from left to right is some apps, to toggle them on, like like in Downcast, they use red instead of green. Mm-hmm. Red means off to me, not on, but it's signifying that it's It means that nothing it's to somebody with low vision and colorblindness, but keep going. It, <laughs> exactly. I was waiting for that. You know, but it's, it's one of those <laughs> things where Apple is using a bright green, you know, sort of the ultimate warrior colors or something, and God rest his yeah. soul. <laughs> or Downcast picks red, which is a bad thing that says, hey, stop, don't do right. that. And those buttons might not be honored by button shapes because the app developer might not be following all of Apple's style guidelines. And so you are still in a situation where you might not recognize buttons. You know, I don't know if you guys were listening to All About Android a couple of weeks ago, but they had this guy on who was there talking about design in apps and particularly Mm -hmm. in Android. So this is a bit of a fork discussion here, but they were talking about things like Pocket Casts has this feature now where the primary color of the logo on your podcast will change the color of the play stop button and the progress bar on the app. And so they're talking about all kinds of different little designy wow. things and it was all very mm. visual. And I was in the uh, Twitch chat room. Oh, so that was you that uh, asked the question yes. about accessibility. Okay. I was going to ask yes, you I was in the because Twitch they, chat were, room. they were it was it was a guy talking about he was a developer for Tumblr. That was oh, the even app better. That he worked I want to know the end of this story. You keep going, Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> so he was talking about all these design paradigms and things like that. And I chimed in on the Twitch chat room and said, Do you think all of this design talk getting outside of Android's guidelines for design to quote unquote, be more innovative and to sort of, I don't know, sway Android into your way of thinking. Cause that's happened before where an app mm-hmm. has a certain way of showing buttons and then Android sort of followed suit and started doing mm-hmm. that or a type of keyboard or whatever. I said, do you think that going outside of the guidelines that Android has set affects accessibility for those who are blind and visually impaired? And the guy's response was, well, I don't think that developers intentionally leave out accessibility or have any sort of uh, malicious intent towards blind or visually impaired people by making their app inaccessible. I think the reason why more apps aren't accessible is because it's simply not on the mind of many developers. It just sort of gets forgotten about. They don't think about us. They're mainstream. We're not. And they mm-hmm. just were not in their daily thought process. Mm-hmm. And the same thing happened with Johnny Ive. And by the way, Apple also stole Daikons from Instapaper and others. So mm-hmm. that happens. That is just one of those conversations that at least Apple comes back to and look at 7.1. At least they heard from the community, which was beyond us. It was actually older Americans. It was people like Leo Laporte saying, turn off these animations. It was people like that saying these things that got Apple to change their mind about things and put in things like bold fonts. There's the ability to add that in iOS 7.1, 
which again also doesn't do me a heck of a lot of good and certainly doesn't do me any good if I'm in a situation where that flag is not being honored outside of what is traditionally mm-hmm. Apple stuff. And mind you, Apple doesn't completely follow their style guidelines either. Try and use voiceover in some parts of iWork. Some of that does not work as advertised or as you would think. What, I'm supposed to flick up and down here instead of flicking left and right to get it to talk. Now, did you notice that the bold font actually made mail easier to read? Did you see a difference in that if you were trying to skim a list in the mail app? Yeah, no, I see that there. But what if I want that to work in, say, Downcast or other apps that may or may not do that? I mean, mail, I could see that working a little better. You are right. I can see that. Depending, of course, on what the font style is of the actual email you're getting to. That's not controllable, naturally, but it was easier to see in previous versions of iOS. And I think that comes back to that new font type that they're using. Yeah, the new Helvetica or whatever it is. Yeah, I have seen a couple of apps where it's an old school app and they haven't updated it. And the font, when it comes in, is like micro tiny. It's like... You mm-hmm. have to zoom in on it it's just like to be able to see it. It's like the days of not being retinized if you yeah, exactly. didn't update your app for retina. Or you're an iPhone app and you have to double it. You know, you go to the 2X kind of thing. What I noticed jumping from 5 to 7, which I don't like the app switcher the way it is now. I preferred it being down there in the bar. I'm not wild about command or control center or whatever they call that. You know, for voiceover users, you put your focus on the clock and then you do your swipe up to get to it but low vision you actually just swipe from the bottom i don't like that those controls in fact that's my there are two places where i can easily say that the design was more aesthetic than it was helpful that little spot in control center which is just nuts i don't like it's too crowded there's no definitions there but any media app and you know the twit app byron find the slider on that app any oh, yeah. What slider? Play. Oh, Jesus. It's like, that's, I think, a pointer, and I think it's about a third of the way through. I <laughs> Scrubbers in iOS 7 for low vision is just a mess, an absolute high contrast mess. Yeah, like in Downcast, your slider at the top of the screen is sort of an off-white. And then the line going through the middle is sort of a gray. And then the line itself mm-hmm. is white with a little white dot. And you're just kind of like... Yeah, I can't really see that that well. Yeah, I couldn't tell you how far I am in that file for love nor money. Yeah, it's it's just like with apps uh, like uh, WWE Network is the same way. Hulu, Netflix, all uh-huh. of those have that Anything same. Anything that's going to use the default player or standard player yeah. controls. I've actually been having a weird issue with Downcast where my friends Luke and Carrie, they do a podcast and it's called Luke and Carrie's Bad Rapport. Plug, plug, plug. Every time I try to listen to their podcast with Downcast, it plays the first eh, minute and a half or so, and then it restarts all over again. And I think we narrowed it down to the hosting company that they're using doesn't like streaming the audio. They're expecting people to download it. And there's some sort of limit that you hit within a certain amount of time that you know just restarts the podcast all over again. Have you guys had any weird playback issues with Downcast or anything? I've seen people run into that with uh, Dropbox, where they hit the 10 gig limit or certain stream limits on public links. I have occasionally hit something similar to that when listening to Serotalk, because I'll be rushing through something to try and get through it, and I'll try and skip the ad. It'll automatically back up on the ad. 
No, Rodney. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not supposed to do that. Hey, I'm not associated with Sarotech.com, so my viewpoint is outside of that. <laughs> but <laughs> I disclaimer. I will right say, here. <laughs> if you actually do have a system access mobile network connection and you connect it through iBlink SamNet Connect, uh, you are bookmarked and you come back to where you left off. Anyway, keep going. I'm I'm listening. <laughs> but but no, I've I've been sitting there and I'm just kind of like demo you know, available the, at Sarotech.com. Yes. Plug, 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 plug. Sertech.com slash SPN for all your network ideas. That's even better. But it's kind of like you're listening to a Twit podcast and you want to get past the four minutes or five minutes of a Squarespace ad. You want to hit the two minutes. Let me tell you how great stamps.com is, Rodney. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I want to tell you you a little bit about (laughs) audible.com. You can get your own scale. Especially if you're doing like a catch up and you got to go through like four or five uh, uh, podcasts, you know, and. Well, you and know, even DSL Leo Extremer. is bored with trying to say that again, and he's so excited when he has a new ad sponsor. I know this well, feeling. He's and when he tries to get multiple ads together, like you know, DSL Extreme is my ISP. And by the way, you know what's so great about DSL Extreme? Netflix just comes in perfect. Dovetail <laughs> <laughs> right into that. <laughs> anyway, yeah, what sorry, car are we driving this week? Uh, t- t- tell me more about your cars, Leo. Oh, well, um, it's got Ford Sync in it. <laughs> not anymore. It doesn't. (laughs) I think he gave that one off to somebody else and has uh, new cars in the plan. Oh, yeah, the Acura. We're giving free ad space to uh, things that do not advertise, but if you would like to, please Uh, contact Uh, resources. If we get Ford Sync advertising on (laughs) Serotech for all the new blind car drivers with the self-driving car and everything. Yeah, you know, we're just getting ready for the autonomous vehicle ads. We're just, we're all set. We're practicing. There you go. So there's those features in iOS 7. The thing that I also find that was very, very frustrating for me was getting used to the Retina app first, believe it or not, because, you know, I have the old school iPad 1. And Mm -hmm. moving to the Retina, it did take me a little bit of time to get used to the way things were kind of projected. And I don't have a Retina device. This was my first Retina device personally. I've used others. I've worked with others. My iMac is like 2010 so I, I don't have anything too retinized. And that took a little bit of time getting used to. And I think it's just the way that it was kind of projecting or the way that fonts looked like the way Rodney was explaining a minute ago. It just seemed kind of like, wow, does that look kind of not blurry, but it looks kind of strange and I'm not sure how this works. And I kept my handheld magnifier nearby sometimes until I got adjusted to it because I was just, is it thin? Is that is that the font? Is that just me? And of course, I also use voiceover. I don't use magnification. So mm-hmm. I turn on and off voiceover. And I found myself in those first two weeks of really using voiceover a lot to get adjusted and memorization and kind of getting things there until I really kind of sort of went, you know, I can make Siri do a lot of this stuff. So uh, Siri, iTunes radio, ambient, you know, and then it goes, you don't have any ambient music in your iTunes library. No, no, I said iTunes radio. Play love songs. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So there's some advantages. And what about the bloody keyboard? I don't think you guys talked about how in some places you get the white on the blackish gray keys. And then in other places you get the black on the white. Oh, Oh, yeah. That's frustration on a stick. I hate that. Do you ever notice that iOS keyboards change on you for no absolute reason? I hate that. This is Andy Rooney for Serotag. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. 
a dead celebrity promoting uh, the company. Uh, the idea is that I just want there to be consistency or a toggle or a change. And this is when I come back to my Android devices and I giggle with girlish glee every time I see an iOS app update and say, now adding night mode. In other words, you don't like that color scheme either. Thank you. Yep, Twitterific. Thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is one of the pluses to Twitterific. Plus, it actually will enlarge fonts and things to where oh, you can Oh, God, yes. And guess what? You guys have heard me complain about Twitter apps ad nauseum, but somebody please do what Twitterific is doing on the iPhone for the freaking desktop already. There's a new web version coming, Byron. It's the Twitter apocalypse. Oh, it's awesome. We're doomed. But I will say that the contrast of fonts, you can toggle that on. So that kind of makes the keyboards a little bit easier to read, especially if you're doing like text messages where it's more of a white with that narrow font. The largest thing that I've run into with 7.1 is the fact that I can no longer tell when I'm doing all caps. <gasps> uh-huh. I've seen people talk about that online. Because used to be, it was, okay, if you turn caps lock on, it's a blue square with a white dot. Now it's just a little squiggly line under the dot. Uh Uh-huh. Makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. You know, it's bad with visual things like this. When the majority of iPad today on the Twit Network, they say, oh, well, here's a duh tip. If you go into settings and go to general and go to accessibility, you can turn this off or you can increase this font so that it's easier to read and different things. Every week a they go through an accessibility. Is giving out low vision ideas. That was the same way that somebody said, are you having trouble with this and you want to have night mode on all the time? Go in here and set triple click home, the accessibility shortcut to invert colors. And I was like, Oh, you're kidding me. Really? That was a That's your solution. And I hate when you ask for a feature or you have a grievance and their opinion is either, why on earth would you want to do that? Or, well, that's not my problem. This is the way that the app was written. And, you know, you're just a niche person with a weird, you know, fetish for certain features and I can't help you. That wasn't in the design doc. That isn't the way we saw it. But I was in the government. I used to go, you know, I got two things for you. And I would raise up my pinkies and go, come here, let me get those eyes. Come here, come here. <laughs> let me show you why. Yeah, yeah. Let me just, I'll fix just, that for you. You'll, you'll, just show you you'll feel pretty like much the me. same way. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, let me take those Coke bottle glasses off your face and then you use your doggone device. Come here, come here. You know, it's like, uh, yes, sir. But, I like it. So you understand now that we were really trying to hold back a little on iOS 7 and not sound like a total gripe fest. I gave you the benefit of the doubt, and I will admit I was wrong. Holy cow, my God. Because we could say the word multiple times, and Derek would have to Uh uh, bleep that over and over again during this podcast. If the audio teams, yep, that's one of their words. The S word. If we just started talking about how iOS was and how the visual aspects just are not so great. You you do need to remember they do have power of edit at Outcasts. You know, remember the Sarah Talk 2014 Outcast, one year away. Hey, yeah. Hey, yeah. Uh-huh. You, you, these guys just remember that's actually internally called the blackmail show. So be, be careful. <laughs> be careful what you 
start there. And you, you might know not what? Be one Did to you guys it. notice that there was suspiciously very little of me in the blackmail episode? I think I paid off Derek and Patrick nice and handsomely. <laughs> well, you don't have a ringtone based off of you. Thank you to our host here. You know, <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh, which my family uses as their ringtone. Thanks to Rodney. That's a little insider tip there. That's, uh, yeah, I, I do very, have one final funny. gripe about iOS seven. Uh-huh. And I may have talked about this in the past, but there is a post on low vision rants, not ranch.com about how iOS sevens dynamic type works and how it fails. And one thing has changed in iOS seven one that was uh, a certain way in iOS seven In the notification shade, if you have dynamic type cranked up to nearly the very, very right side, so everything is as large as it can get, let me get my magnifier because I don't know what tab this is. Your Today tab would be incredibly huge with most of the things in that tab. It would be using dynamic type. But then you'd get over to the All tab or the Missed tab, and it would go back to small-sized font. When I first heard about dynamic type, And hearing, oh my God, there's a little slider in settings where I can crank the volume up and it should affect, you know, fonts system-wide. I'm thinking, oh, notifications will be big, email will be big, Twitter apps and Skype apps and everything will be nice and easy to read and I'm so excited. And I was able to overlook the Johnny Ive design for the sheer excitement of dynamic type. And my excitement was squashed on iOS 7 day when I installed it and cranked that sucker all the way up and went down to the notification tab and had to squint. You're killing me over here, Apple. You're killing me. So basically you had to scarp again. Yes, mm-hmm. pretty much. Mm. Okay, rant mode off. <sighs> okay. I'm impressed. As you can tell, iOS 7, 7, 1, and now 7, 1, 1. Gives low vision I love 7-Eleven Slurpees. <laughs> How did I know that was coming from somewhere? I just knew. EOLshow.com. Exactly. And at some point, we'll have probably a long episode coming up because we had a long pre show for this episode of High Contrast 21 here on SPN because, well, we go off on tangents. And for once, we actually put Byron in his place by making him feel small and not know anything about it because we were not talking <laughs> Doctor Who. We were no, I, I talking- finally got to feel what it was like to be you. You know, if you guys noticed in the last couple of episodes, Joe and I would at some point inevitably bring up the TARDIS, Doctor Who, Time Lords, and Rodney would go, uh, okay then, well, moving along, <laughs> they started talking about wrestling. I'm like, uh, go sports. (laughs) Because I know nothing. That's the famous Ted Turner calling up Vince McMahon going, I'm in the wrestling business. And Vince McMahon went, great. I'm in the sports entertainment business. (laughs) Hanging (laughs) up when he bought WCW. That's The uh, only wrestling moves I know are with my thumbs and a video game controller. That's about as close to wrestling as I get. Uh, well, they used to have the little thumb wrestlers that you could put on your fingers and you oh, could yeah. wrestle with your thumbs. They used to have those. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. I actually own several versions of the SmackDown versus Raw games for Xbox and PlayStation. Yeah. You know what somebody should do? Oh, my God. I just had a great idea. Oh, no. Tangent mode on. You know how you can customize players in the wrestling games? You can make players that look like your friends and family. Right. That's called create a wrestler or call. We need to have a Serotech Smackdown. 
and you've got, you know, Derek and Patrick and, and Ricky and Joe and, and Jamie and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Rodney and uh, me and, <laughs> and um, Maury. And we just, we'll go um, into the, we'll do the battle royale. I like it. The Zero Tech battle royale. Uh, yeah. So anyway, enough about people who didn't like the swatch at triple click home being on that Android show and that Android show being on triple click home. We'll just move swiftly on because there were a couple of people that were very vocal about that kind of thing. So yeah, I'm going to hold off from that for a while. Um, Hey Rodney, yeah. I think what we'll yeah. do after the break is I'll come back and talk about star Wars assault team. How's that sound? Hey, that sounds pretty good. So we'll see you on the other side of this here break as we continue to digress here and there in the High Contrast Episode 21 here on SPN. Accessibility, or A11Y, refers to how software or hardware combinations are designed this is to make so the system boring. accessible to We don't have to learn this stuff, do we? We're just designing a website. Well, the UN estimates that there are over a billion people with disabilities in the world right now. That's a huge market, and those people need access to what we have, so yeah, actually we do need to learn this stuff, just not like this. Woohoo! I just got my new computer, got my screen reader going, got my software installed. Now I just need to complete this big project using all this software I've never used before. No worries, I know what I'm doing. Uh, maybe not so much. I really should have gotten some training on this stuff, but how? For situations like these, we need the Accessibility TV Network, delivering the best affordable video, audio, and text-based training for design professionals, accessibility experts, assistive technology trainers, and users. In order to finance the creation of the infrastructure for this network and develop courses, EasyFire LLC is creating a crowdfunding campaign, and you can be a part of it. Get in early on this exciting opportunity to remake training as we know it. Accessibility TV, or A11Y TV, will create a subscription-based network that will provide you with searchable, relevant, and affordable courses suited for your needs. Delivered via the web or mobile app, these courses will be designed and presented by industry-leading experts. The Accessibility TV Network will make sure that you understand the needs of people with disabilities no matter what job requires you to serve their needs. Or, as trainers or individuals with disabilities, you will have the latest resources you need to be the most independent you can be. The funds from this campaign will go to pay the highly qualified professionals who will deliver the best training experience you can find. And, by participating in this campaign, EasyFire has designed rewards so that you can receive the best benefits of your early support. You'll be able to tell us what training needs you have. Find courses on popular assistive technologies and how to use them with the software or websites you want to visit. As trainers, use the material to create and teach your own courses. Take as many courses as you want after the launch. Have access to video, audio, or text. Evaluate yourself to make sure you've learned the skills you need. Earn continuing education credits. Contribute now and double your subscription when Accessibility TV launches in the spring. For example, pay for a year, get an extra year free. This is a great idea and all, which means it's going to be really expensive, right? Wrong. How about the ability to view all courses for assistive technology users, have access to mobile apps and the mobile website, plus access to written, video, or audio course material for just $70 a year? 
And remember that when you contribute now, you get double what you pay for. That means a two-year subscription when the service launches in the spring for a contribution of $70. To view all our subscription options and to make your contribution, visit www.a11y.tv. That's a11y.tv. Or visit www.accessibility.training. Hey everyone, Joe Steinkamp back again, this time with games. Uh, I have a new iPad, so therefore it's time to play with modern games than, uh, well, the ones that I had to play because that's all I could really play was iOS 5. But now that I have iOS 7.1.1 for good and bad, it opens up the doors to so many new games. And I'm uh, trying to catch up desperately. And one of the ones that just came out recently, May the 4th be with you, by the way, of course, being that this is May, is a Star Wars game, and it's called Star Wars Assault Team. Now, this is a freemium game, and it's available on uh, Android as well. This is not screen reader friendly, so no voiceover nor talkback work in this particular game, but it is very easy to see, very large fonts, very color-friendly situations here. And the gameplay is kind of card collectible kind of thing and kind of RPG turn by turn. It's a weird mashup, but what it's good at is you can actually sort of play this and do something else or listen to something else. It doesn't require a lot of vision and it certainly doesn't require tons of thought. And the gameplay can be pretty deep if you allow it to be. Now, here's the deal. You get cards that are of famous people or animals or uh, droids of the Star Wars universe. And you can build up a team of four people to go out and fight stormtroopers in the evil empire. Now the story for what it is takes place between star Wars and empire strikes back, depending on your numbering of the original series. And you start off with Han Solo and you can get Chewbacca and R2D2 and C3PO show up pretty early and you're on board a star destroyer. You break your way out. And then you see places like Kashyyyk and Tatooine and Coruscant places that are very famous and familiar. And the music is a derivative of, uh, Star Wars, there is some actual Star Wars music clips from John Williams in there. The gameplay consists of kind of a, well, you remember the old game Battle, where you put down a card and I put down a card? Well, it's kind of like that, in that even though you run up against, oh, six, seven, eight stormtroopers, your four little guys take turns in battling each one, and depending on their powers, they can overpower the other card on the other side. They don't look like cards, by the way, they look like actual uh, characters from the show. Now, you can increase your heroes, which is what your players are called, by adding cards that you get at the end. So you might get a blaster card that would increase Han Solo's ability to shoot blasters. Or you might get a mechanical training, or eventually you'll get Jedi training and lightsaber cards and things like that for Luke Skywalker. The game is freemium, and that's good and bad good in that you can kind of sort of get used to it and kind of like, eh, maybe I want to play this, maybe I don't want to play this, or maybe I've got my fill and I don't have to pay for anything. Bad because when this game shuts the door and makes you pay, oh man, do you feel the door shut? And it's about halfway through, in fact. There's a lot of things you can do for free. There's a lot of things you can see for free, and it may make up your mind on whether you want to stay in this game or not, because it's kind of on rails. And what I mean by that is, you start a level and it drags you through a level you do not have control of where you look or what you do 
You just have actions where you tap on the screen. That is a good side and a bad side because good in that you don't have to worry about awkward controls and can I see that. Bad in that it does get semi-repetitive until you start really building in the idea that you can add more powers to your heroes and then get into the deeper gameplay of I should make this hero go first or that hero needs to be here and then this hero now has this card and more defense. I found that to be very interesting. I've had a love-hate relationship with this game and partially, again, because of the door when it shuts on freemium, it shuts hard. There are different currencies, just like in Solera. You have an energy system, just like in Solera, you had a food system. And that limits the amount of gameplay that you can do at a time. It is meant for you to kind of sparse this out so you don't notice that it's kind of repetitive. So you have an energy gauge over on the far right side and each mission you undertake takes away some of the energy from the energy gauge. You can refill that, <laughs> requires gems, which require money if you run out of gems. Now, gems are interesting because you need gems to promote your characters. There's a level one, level two, and level three tier. Really interesting because it gives you something to do. It increases your character's abilities and stats and all of that. And the picture changes, like Han Solo goes from looking like he does in Star Wars to looking like he does in Empire. And that's kind of neat, but gems, if you don't, well, if you're conservative with gems, that's great because you can promote your characters from five gems to 10 gems. And I'm almost afraid to see what it's going to be for level three, but also you can use gems to continue. So if you died and you were really close to the end of a level, you can spend gems. Now I didn't realize this initially and I spent some gems unwisely and then ended up having to buy some gems. Gems generally cost $1.99 to $4.99 for 18 because sometimes they go on sale. They even have like 160 for like $34.99 and I don't advise that the gems can be won as you increase your rank this is a screen on the far left and as you complete missions you increase your rank incrementally and each time you cross a rank you get a free gem you also get that sometimes for completing story missions uh, it, it doesn't happen fast enough and eventually you'll have to buy gems to continue the game there is an actual in-game currency so you're earning credits and credits can be spent on leveling up your characters because just because you got a card that has a blaster on it and it'll increase Han Solo's blaster, you actually have to spend money in order for him to be able to do that. Now I mean credits, not physical money money. Physical money money comes in with the gems. Sounds confusing? It's really not. It's just another one of the three tier system that happens in most freemium games to keep you playing or to incite you to pay for things when you've gotten far enough and the game feels very strongly that you should be paying them for the time spent. It's an interesting game. It's available for iOS and Android. I can't heartily recommend it, but if you're a Star Wars fan and you want a game that doesn't require you to do some on-screen controls and it really does have high contrast, so you can see a lot of colors as well as text, and I only had to break out my handheld magnifier once or twice, it's a great game to play and just, hey, it's free. And if you don't like it, just uninstall it. For High Contrast, I'm Joe Steinkamp, and now back to Rodney. And welcome back to High Contrast here on SPN, episode 21. We are officially legal. And we are heading towards the wonderful mailbag, which we do not have anything in, other than we have a comment on the blog, which you can find over at saratalk.com, from Mari Hill, who I think she she 
she does a podcast on the SPN network. Not sure which one. But anyway, she says that she was able to actually find a pair of yak tracks, which we talked about in one of our episodes about winter weather. And she was able to pick those up at a high school yard sale for a dollar. So she's all set. She's got that in her boots that she had purchased as well. So good for you for being a thrifty shopper. It's so weird thinking about just two shows ago, we talked about winter because it is starting to get quite warm here in Illinois. Just long as there's not a hurricane coming. That's all we ask. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, good point. The weather can change at any point in, in Illinois. I don't think we have any hurricanes coming through either. <laughs> Stand back. There's an outro coming through. So let's wrap this episode up and bring it to a close. As always, thank you for listening. If you would like to drop us an email, you can do so by sending it to resources at serotalk.com. You can send in iReports on your iOS or Android device by using the iBlink app. And as always, I am Rodney Edgar of TechAccessWeekly.com. You can find me on Twitter at Rodney Edgar, R-O-D-N-E-Y-E-D-G-A-R. And thanks to Byron Lee for being here as well. What have you got going on, Byron? Yeah, it was a pleasure. Not a whole lot going on. We have a article on Low Vision Rants uh, that you can read right now, lowvisionrants.com, about the items that you should carry with you as a low vision person, like monoculars and magnifiers, and yes, even canes, because they can be kind of handy for us low vision people sometimes. Very good. And as always, thanks to... Our automatic fill-in, Joe Steinkamp, who is at Ranger Station on Twitter, and everything SPN. Find all your information at serotech.com slash SPN. Anything we need to plug, Mr. Ranger? Sure. You know, you can keep up to date on all sorts of things low vision related over on the Serotalk Twitter feed, twitter.com slash S-E-R-O-T-A-L-K. And uh, Byron shows up occasionally on that Android show which would be that androidshow.com and uh, Twitter feed, twitter.com slash that android show. And then if you want to hear more about Apple stuff, especially from the voiceover point of view, triple click home or follow them on Twitter. Over 9,000 people do twitter.com slash triple click home. Very good. And as always, you can drop us a note at resources at serotalk.com. Check out iBlink Radio on iOS and Android. You can get all your downloadables at serotech.com slash downloads. And until next time, this is High Contrast. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Are downloadables similar to edibles? No, but I'm looking for sweet sapphire. Digressing here and there and everywhere, it's the gummy bears. Christ almighty.